All right, happy Friday to everybody out there listening to uh, the Good Neighbor News Talk 830 WCCO. Henry Lake in for Chad Hartman on this Friday. Weather's not too bad out there. Roads are not too slick. Happy to be with you here from noon until 3. Plenty of people to talk to on the show today. It's a feisty Friday with Shaletta. Trying to figure out what I'm going to talk to Shaletta about. I'm sure there's plenty of things that we can talk to Shaletta about. Shaletta <laughs> knows all. I don't think there will be any uh, any worry about that. Right. I think once she get on, gets on the the topics, just kind of generate themselves. That that's true. That's true. You can you can just she's somebody that you can just throw anything out there, and she is going to run with it. <laughs> yes, she will. And she will have uh, some passionate opinions about whatever the topic is. We'll definitely talk to uh, Jace Frederick from the St. Paul Pioneer Press about the Minnesota Timberwolves in the second hour, as well as talk a little bit later with Matthew Collar, regular guest here on the Chad Hartman Show, as he also was a, a guest of mine on the Lake Show. We'll talk some Minnesota Vikings football uh, with him a little bit later in the show as well. Uh, plenty of things to, uh, to get to over the course of the next three hours, and I appreciate you hanging out um, and chiming in on various different topics over the course of that time. And I wanted to actually start with the Vikings because – the breaking news yesterday evening is I'm sitting in the Skyway studio at um, at uh, Target Center awaiting, hopping on the air to broadcast leading up to Timberwolves basketball with them facing the Toronto Raptors last night. The news came across that Ed Donatel, defensive coordinator from the Minnesota Vikings, um, he was he was done. He was he was gone that uh, Kevin O'Connell and the Minnesota Vikings we're moving on. And I looked at that and I have a, a bunch of different opinions about the move in itself. Okay. Cause I think that for the last, I don't know how many weeks, I think that most Vikings fans, most football fans said it's a done deal. Like the writings on the wall move on already. And I get that. I understand it because nobody can look at what transpired and what took place and be happy with how that defense played. Okay. But Vikings fans are breathing a sigh of relief that Kevin O'Connell put out that statement yesterday announcing that that Ed was not going to return as defensive coordinator of the Purple. And I say, hold on. Hold on a minute on this breathing a sigh of relief. Because first and foremost, we do not know if Kevin O'Connell, if Quasi, if they are really good at identifying good defensive coordinators. Because the first choice wasn't a good one. Okay? So let's just pump the brakes a little bit. And let me reiterate something that I mentioned yesterday when this was announced. I am not 100% certain that Kevin O'Connell wanted to fire him, that he wanted to move on. This move was one that most people anticipated. But I think that, and I probably am the only one that feels this way, I feel like he was feeling some of the pressure to fire Ed, not just based off of just the results on the field, right? Because they won 13 games, okay? Great accomplishment. They won the division. But the defense wasn't, um, you know, one of the strongest units with the Minnesota Vikings this year. We all understand that. Yeah, they were very much a bend but don't break on most Sundays type of defense. But with that being said, 
whenever he talked during the course of the season and later in this season when they had press conferences and I'm hearing questions being asked by Matthew Collar and other media members, he wasn't ever definitive or even coming across as confident that that he was going to let go of Ed Donatel, that he was going to get him fired or that he was going to fire him. Now, I'm not saying that Ed Donatel did anything to garner getting a second season, okay? But when you start feeling the pressure from the fan base and everybody's talking, right, I think that that he knew that I can't bring him back. Like, my hand's forced. Yeah, we won 13 games. Yeah, we got to the postseason. Yeah, we won the division. But he knew. Kevin O'Connell knew that there was a portion of the Vikings fan base that would lose confidence in him. Even after all of that, winning the division and 13 games, they would lose confidence in him immediately if he didn't fire Ed Donatel. They were going to feel a certain way here in the offseason and be like, well, okay, we're going to get this guy or that guy. But Donatel's still there. He's running a scheme that we don't even think works. So I think that he he knew that, well, maybe I do like Ed and maybe I should give him one more year. Actually, I can't. That's that's what I think. That's what I believe. And I could be wrong. I think you're wrong. <laughs> no, I, I think from from things I heard in press conferences from Kevin O'Connell, I think especially over the last five, six, seven games of the season, you got a little bit. I mean, he certainly wasn't you know coming out and flaming the defensive coordinator. That obviously never happened. But I think you know he'd get questions about you know the the lack of blitzing and things like that, and he would he was a little more forefront saying, yeah, you know that's something we got to look at, or yeah, we probably could you know mix in a few more blitzes. I think just just kind of poking a little bit. And just kind of giving just a little bit of a insight into how he's how he's really feeling about the defense. Mm-hmm, Certainly mm-hmm. not going all in saying Ed's screwing this whole thing up. Um, and I'm not saying he's supposed to throw him under the bus. No, during, absolutely during the, not. But but let me ask you this then: if he felt as strong as you believe that he felt, because he might have felt a certain way. I'm saying that he didn't feel strongly, and I don't think that he was ever confident about it. Why did he say at the beginning of this week? Well, we're evaluating things. I think because they didn't want to talk about it during the press conference. Exactly. That's 100% I, I, it. And, 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 and I'm like this. Be more frontal. Yes. Be open. Be, That's be what your open fans about crave. And, 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 when you, and when you are a head coach in big-time college athletics and in professional sports, you make the calls how you see fit. Whether I like it or not, whether the fan base likes it or not, you make the call. Because you know what? You might only get one shot. Mm-hmm. You might only get one shot. So make the most because you do not want to be two or three years removed um, from a job or down the you know down the line in a job, and you're like, you know what, man, I screwed this up. This is somebody I like to have in my organization, whether it's a coach or a player. You'd never want to feel that way. But if anybody would like to chime in, have at it. We can uh, take your phone call or your text message. On the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line, that phone number is 651-461-9226. I'm one of those individuals right now. I'm trying to figure out where do they turn now? Who's next? Who are some of the names 
that we'll be talking about and discussing and hearing about interviewing as the next defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, Henry Lake, in for Chad Harpin here on CCL. All right, Chad Harpin with the day off. Henry Lake in for Chad. Dave Harrigan hanging out, producing. He's always producing. Can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. That's right. If you'd like to chime in on the Vikings conversation, 651-461-9226. Because I'll be the first to say, I have no idea where the heck they would like to go for defensive. I don't even know where I would like to go. I'm there, and this, we always have opinions about like who you want as a new coach, who you want for a new. I have no, because I don't know what does KOC want to do defensively moving forward. Like everybody wants to have a good defense, but in terms of like scheme, is there a specific like? Does he want to do something different? Because what we were doing this year that didn't work. <laughs> no, it did not. So, so you know, do you want to do the whole you know getting back? to a traditional 4-3 or I just I don't know man it's it's going to be interesting to see how things kind of proceed here and you would think that you want to get a new person tied up and into the into the mix here you would think in the next couple weeks yeah you'd want to do it quick you'd want to do it quick and and are you I mean cuz I don't know like would you be grabbing a defensive coordinator that's coming. That's still playing in the in the in the season, like in the postseason. Because how would that work for somebody that's a defensive coordinator right now, already with another team? Like, why would they move? Yeah, if they're that successful to this point already, you would think that the person is probably out there somewhere already. You would think. You would think. Yeah, I. It's hard. It's hard because obviously the you know the switch to the three four didn't work this year. No. You know whether that was the fault. Or you know, it was a scheme issue. Uh, personally, I think the the problem is going to be finding a defensive coordinator a that you like that you trust with their system, but then building the roster to fit that system because that was to me the bigger problem than Ed Donatel this year. It was still you know we talked about it on Monday with Chad of you know the defensive draft picks that have been made by the Vikings since 2016, mm. abysmal. Yes, absolutely. Abysmal, and the fact that you're still, you know, as Vikings fans looking at guys like Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter, quite frankly, all past their prime to be the stalwarts, to be the studs on the defense, that's a problem because they're not anymore. Well, well, I guess when I'm glad you brought that up because the best thing about this season for the Vikings were the guys that have been around. Okay. Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, um, defensively, Peterson's a vet. Could could you say that one of the I don't want to even make excuses for Ed, but I'm just throwing it out there. Could you say that one of the excuses could be, well, look, some of the young guys that we expected to see the field didn't see the field in Andrew Booth Jr. Mm-hmm. or Lewis Seen. Because of injuries. Now, to me, that's not an excuse. And to me, that's something that I think that Quace is already under the microscope because of having a bad draft last year. Let's just call it for what it is. Yep. That draft was not good. No, it has not worked out. It has not worked out. And I get it. I'm not going to throw shade on scene. 
the scene pick yet. And this only reason why is because of the horrific injury that he had. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the only reason why. Now he wasn't playing up until that injury. Like he wasn't seeing the field. And when you draft somebody in the first round, you expect them to play. Yes, Booth Junior. We were being told from day one that this guy, talent wise, has it all there. He's going to be somebody that potentially could start in his rookie season. I was told the moment he was drafted, like like literally that day, I got a text from an NFL. This person actually, um, they they are not just an NFL individual, but they they do a lot of different things with a lot of various different teams. And they stated, they said, look, I'm telling you right now, uh, I was in a war room, and when I saw that pick come off, my, my I almost kind of exploded because we had, and I won't get into the team, but there was a team that had do not draft him in the category of do not draft because of his medicals. Mm. And it was it was it was known that he had had a few injuries at Clemson. Sure, but when I got there, he was like, "This guy's medicals, not good. I don't think he's going to hold up." He didn't get through his rookie year, <laughs> so Quasey's got a he's got to answer for that now. Now I'm not now I'm not sitting here saying that I hope that the kid doesn't come back. I want him to be productive. I hope that he's the next Deion Sanders. But the way it's trending, eh, it ain't looking good. Those are things that 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 concern me is that when and I just happen to be lucky enough that I know insiders like that, right? Where they where they hit me back with a text like, mm, man, I this, this ain't good. This guy, his injuries, I've seen the medicals, it ain't good. And then it plays out that yeah. way. Cause when you see when you get a comment like that or you hear something like that or somebody tells you that, you know what you do? You hope and pray for the best. You hope that you know what? It's all in the past. That'll all work out. And you wish nothing but the best. But when it comes to fruition and it ain't good. Yeah, so soon. That's the part that gets, uh, unfortunately, gets uh, really, really frustrating. So we'll see. But but the draft, I'm telling you right now, the moment that that draft class didn't do anything this year, Quasey goes back on the clock. Now, did he make some good moves in free agency? I thought that Hicks was good. I thought that Smith was good. Okay. Now you got to figure out what the heck you're going to do because from a salary cap perspective and some of the vets, the aging vets that you got that probably or likely not going to be back next year, you got to work your magic. No, you have to work a lot of magic. I mean, they are stuck right now. And when you're thir- when you have a 13 and 4 record in year 1, you think the fan base is looking for you to regress? <laughs> oh no. When you're about to give Justin Jefferson new money, oh no. They're not going to take a 7 and 10. Oh, man. No, sir. Mm. No, sir. They're not taking that. All right. uh, Coming up next, I want to get into a topic that about something that I enjoy eating. I think that we all enjoy eggs. The price of eggs has been in the news because the price has gone up dramatically like everything has. But why more so eggs in terms of how we just – you know, want to go out and hit the restaurants and get the breakfasts and the baked goods. It's a really, really interesting um, article that I saw in the Star Tribune that kind of dives into that. We'll discuss it next year. Henry Lake in for Chad Hartman.